this week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, we're rerunning a Carathon interview with Corey Munch and Christian Lutz. One body. This interview was originally aired on Friday, May 8, 2015. One body. Stewarding God's Creation. And now, here's our Carathon host, Ken Billinger, interviewing Corey and Christian. But we'd like to welcome in this morning um, Corey Munch and Christian Lutz, business owners. Corey owns Service Master Clean of Hayes. Christian owns Schmidt Monument Works. Both are underwriters on Divine Mercy Radio. And we certainly appreciate the support uh, that you guys give to Divine Mercy Radio. And so we're going to just talk a little bit this morning about how men encounter Jesus. And and I know you guys have had some experience uh, uh, I know uh, that I've uh, uh, been through Mark Men, for example, and just uh, other ways. We're going to talk about that this morning. And really, um, this is kind of a pretty open forum. So, you know, whatever, share whatever's on your mind and on your hearts. And again, guys, we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Appreciate you taking uh, time to, to, to join us this morning. And I also want to mention, too, if you want to chime in, other guys maybe want to call in, share a story, we welcome you to do that. Our studio line, 785-621-5061. First off, I guess, guys, before we get started, if, if you wouldn't mind, just take a little time and, and however you want to go, just to share a little bit of, of uh, your faith background and, and, you know, where you are, where you were, maybe where you are now, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, that'd be great. Christian? All right. Yeah, well, thanks for having us here uh, and uh, really a great opportunity to uh, try to get some more men to uh, come to Christ. Uh, I grew Grew up in Minneapolis, Kansas, was with Father Ralph Ashenbrenner, and and then I was married by Monsignor Hake, and uh, kind of grew out of my faith after I got married with the, my children and everything, and uh, raised them in Colorado, and then when I came back to Hayes, uh, I really started to grow again in my faith, and I think there's something here in Hayes. I don't know if it's in the water. <laughs> but it's a great thing, and so I'm great to be back here in Hayes and uh, really bringing my, my face life back to where it needs to be. All right, Christian. Uh, Corey, how about you? Kind of share a little bit about your background. Thanks for having me as well. Um, I grew up in Nest City, a cradle Catholic. Um, great, great Catholic family, uh, great Catholic upbringing. Uh, but as I got into my, my teen and adult years, um, kind of drifted away as you hear so many men do um, and it was probably at the point of getting married that I actually started taking seriously my faith and it was a process for me uh, it wasn't something that just happened overnight it was a uh, conviction I believe by the Holy Spirit and uh, the closer I grew to my faith and and uh, my family uh, the more it was obvious to me I needed to get closer to Christ. And from that point on, I got more involved in, in uh, church and uh, ministries at church, uh, became a Eucharistic minister and proclaimer of the word. And, um, you know, and then I got in more involved in other ministries outside of the church, um, marked men for Christ. And um, uh, just really, it's a process. And I, I look forward each to each and every day as we begin, you know, uh, whatever's on the plate. So um, really love it. 
Well, uh, and appreciate you guys coming in and sharing. And, and really, Corey, much like you, I, you know, grew up cradle Catholic in Victoria, was a server and did all the the things as a kid. And actually, you know, planned to be a priest when I was a, when I was in first grade. You know, by first grade, you know what your calling is going to be. Uh, but um, that was that was you know kind of a serious thing for me at that point. And uh, once I got into high school, it, it I went to mass because I had to. And then once I hit college age, got married for many years, I didn't practice my faith. And, and, uh, and in fact, uh, was really looking at other, you know, I didn't understand my faith. I didn't know my faith. So I really kind of got away from things. The sad the saddest part about that is just the fact that it was my son was young growing up and I wasn't that spiritual head of the household. That's something that is so important. And I didn't I was not I was not there doing that. And I think that's part of why one of my missions, one of the things that I really want to be involved in uh, through our parish and our archdiocese is that opportunity to to help men understand the importance of being the spiritual leaders of the home and how important that that role is. And so I finally got back to the faith. And when I did, I just, you know, I just it was with a vengeance. I jumped in with both feet, started reading everything I could about the faith, realized that what, um, you know, what I thought was wrong with the faith or what I did, I just didn't know about the faith and then really realized, wow, what a rich faith this is. And and uh, had I known that then, I never would have, I don't say, I, I can't say I ever left it, but I just didn't practice it. I, I was, um, was kind of looking though at one point, but uh, thanks to someone who's a lot smarter than me, my wife, uh, she kind of knocked me in the head and brought me to my senses. And, and that's why I'm back here now. So let's talk a little bit about you know that uh, opportunity as as how men encounter Jesus and in our lifetime men haven't typically led the family spiritually mostly been viewed as sissy or a female job uh, the reality is at least by some men it's reviewed that way but the reality is that isn't how God originally created it share with us your thoughts um, you know and Christian we can start with you your thoughts on how God created men to really be spiritual leaders and and how how the, how did this role get turned around over the course of the years here? Well, I learned not to be a sissy in high school. Uh, I was kind of a, a little bit of a rebel, and uh, I was a yell leader, and I was one of few yell leaders in the state at that time in high school, so uh, the benefits that I, I uh, got from that taught me a, a good lesson that uh, uh, if you're not a sissy and you actually stand behind what, what you believe in, and what you want to do, then the rewards will be great. And as we go to uh, Genesis, uh, it talks about, I have chosen him that he may change his, charge his sons with his household after him to observe the way of the Lord doing what is right so the Lord may fulfill him and fulfill his life. And men, men have really been chosen uh, to pass on that word and their experiences of the works of God uh, as Exodus and Ephesians and you can go on and on in the Bible and, and find different places and so we really I don't know where we we have to get into the Bible to find that but to get into the Bible we have to find it elsewhere I think and uh, we're not going to find it out there in the, the media we're not going to find it out there in our culture unless we really dig deep into the church alright then some great points there, uh, Christian. Corey, your thoughts? What would you like to share? Yeah, this this topic is, uh, Ken and Christian, is really um, dear and near and dear to my heart uh, because growing up 
and being becoming a, a father um, and seeing friends of mine um, not being uh, a spiritual leader in family uh, as I was in the beginning really has, in my opinion, a lot to do with how the family will go. Um, for me, in the beginning, it was being uh, uh, maybe not so much ashamed of it, but being not strong enough to stand up for, for my faith in front of uh, the circles that I ran in. For instance, a lot of times we would be at, um, you know, uh, games that our kids would be playing and there would be foul language and not standing up for that. Um, but to take take a lead in the family as you raise, I have three boys um, who grew up in our society that we see so much um, non-godly things in. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that I needed to take a lead in that and of course my, my wife followed right along. And um, so uh, this is an area that you have to stand up and you have to be firm and you have to be not afraid. And of course, you know, I go to Ephesians uh, 5.21. It's the, um, the verse where there's probably a lot of uh, debate about where, you know, women, wives need to be subordinate to their husbands. But like I was talking earlier, also men, you have to love your wife like Christ loved the church, mm -hmm. which is key. Well, you you know the one thing that that you talked about too, and obviously raising three boys and and just uh, the importance of that male role in the household. You know, as I as I mentioned, that's part of my passion because that is something that I didn't do. And so my my message to to guys out there is don't do what I did. You know, uh, looking back now, you you know you can't change the past, but you can realize, hey, if I if I can't change the past, what I can do is to help men understand the importance of doing it and maybe they can do do what I didn't do. And so we look at that today and you know the family's under attack in so many ways it's very obvious we with all the things I mean it's really if you would have said 20 years 20 years ago that we're going to be talking about the ability for men to get married to each other or women to get married to each other, um, you would have said you're absolutely crazy. And uh, uh, what's interesting is you know, we, we talked a little bit on, I think it was on Tuesday, maybe when, I guess it was on Wednesday about the fact that, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, Pope Paul's encyclical, uh, encyclical Humana Vitae, when we, you know, it's how prophetic he was about how things were, were going to happen, and they are. And, and so we look at that, we look at the, how that, how the family is really under attack. And part of the, you know, part of that too is just the fact that, there's so many activities. I mean, I had one son, and we were busy all the time, and it was like, how do, how do people with, I mean, you talked about having three kids, for example, or people with bigger families, how do they keep up? So we know that the other thing that happens is, and Satan loves the, the busyness of our lives, because the busier we are doing other things, the less time we have for Christ. And so what happens is we kind of get lost in that, and that's where I think that, that male role is so important, as well as that leader. Not saying that, I mean, I, I know some women that are just incredible, uh, you know, they're really the spiritual leader of the house, and they do an awesome job. But this goes back to why it's so important for us to do what we need to do. Christian, did you have something? Well, I was just going to say, you never see Mary with a sword, but you do see uh, St. Paul. He always carried a sword. And uh, I think that's important to remember that uh, the differences between a man and a woman. A, a woman, as a body, is built to receive. 
and a man is built to to give and protect the basically the the tabernacle of the lord which is is the woman and so that's where we can't be a sissy about it and like i said when the culture with tv and and uh, media the way it is and i was kind of doing a little bit of history on that uh radio was invented basically airless or wireless in uh, 1907 and then uh it was intended for good, as many things were. And then air conditioning came along, and then TV was shortly after that. And it started giving us influences that uh, were outside of our family and other points of view. And I think that whole thing has brought us to this point today. I mean, uh, you can look at uh, the Lone Ranger in TV. That's all about the self. You can look at cartoons and, and Popeye, that I am that I am, and I can do it myself. I don't need anybody else's help. And uh, the Brady Bunch, the mixed family. Uh, you got Sinatra with his songs, I Did It My Way. Uh, mm. You got Mighty Mouse, Here I Come to Save the World. And uh, Three's Company, you, you start showing uh, a gay acting to avoid uh, trouble with, with living with someone. Uh, Full House, uh, which was a great show, but there was no mother present. It was all by the men. And so slowly we start seeing these things change. Uh, who's the boss? It was a man who was the, the maid and the woman who was the business person. And then you get into two and a half men, which is a recent one. Uh, it's okay to raise a guy alone and because you have that man authority, but uh, it's okay just to go sleeping around and, and do what you want. And now we have modern family, mm-hmm. uh, where an open, active gay lifestyle is accepted. I mean, there's so many things that that's brought us away to where we are now. And that's where uh, Satan has got into what was intended for good. Even the church in the 30s realized that the media was good. But we had to, we were more passive. It's like Robert Healy was talking about the other day that, you know, we can't be passive now. Uh, over the last 60, 70 years, I think the church has been passive and, and men ourselves. And we did it our way. Well, now it's time to do it God's way. So. Well, when you, you were when you were talking about all that, I was thinking about the day that and, and it was talked about with producers of the shows. But if you remember um, the Dick Van Dyke show, for example, you know, you had you had uh, Rob and Laura Petrie. And when you saw them, they were in separate beds. They had tw- twin beds. Right. And that's they said, that's the only way we're going to do. They I mean, producers of the show at that time were saying, this is the way we're going to do this. And when you think about those days and where we are today. Um, the change is just, you know, uh, it's unbelievable, really, where we've come. So, Corey, any any more thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Christian, that was awesome what you just yeah. talked about. Um, and this is where I think this coattails in as a spiritual leader in the family, as a father. What I've had to do uh, as my boys were growing up is I had to make a stand on what shows we watch and what uh, the video with the uh, the video game generation coming in uh, I had to regulate what video games as the spiritual leader in the family that was my job and it wasn't always popular in fact it wasn't popular mm. and uh, I don't I remember many times as we were picking a movie out to go uh, as a family um, I would have to say we're not going to that movie because for some reason it had something that was immoral which pretty much ruled out a lot of the movies. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, good point. I think it, that's what men need to be in their family is they need to be that moral compass and stand firm, even though it's not going to be 
very popular. And that's one place where I was a sissy. I let my children, I let myself get involved in that because they're funny. They're entertaining. And they distract you from the rest of life. They, they keep you distracted. They do exactly what Satan wants. They distract the man. So, And I, I would be right there with you, Christian, because I, I was the same way. I mean, there was stuff that I probably allowed Blaine to do that, I, you know, looking back now, it's like it's almost horrifying that I was that way. But it was because I didn't have my faith life. I, I was not involved with the church, and I wasn't. it wasn't a Christ-centered life that, that I was really leading at that point. And so that spilled over so it was that everything was kind of okay and i was that sis i wasn't i wasn't there really taking a stand on something and sometimes you know it's it's not fun to be unpopular with decisions as, as you mentioned Corey. and and so looking back now i mean obviously uh if you could do it all over again it's like wow how things would be different but that's why i think it's so important to get that message to men to understand hey look th- you're going to look back in would you rather look back in 20 years and go man i'm glad i i, I did that as a man of faith or you're going to look back in 20 years and go i wish i would have done that as a man of faith so i think you guys both make some great points and our guests Corey munch and christian lutz uh and we're talking today on how men encounter jesus men are going to find a connection to jesus really in a different way than females i know you know um we're going to talk about that in a minute we one of the things i think about is that women tend to you know really probably talk a lot more about obviously their feelings and things like that we we get that example with a, a weekend retreat that happens you know in our parish and we have a men's weekend and a women's weekend generally there's a waiting list for the women's weekend on the men's side we're out there scurrying saying hey you need to go to this retreat so we kind of handle things different share with us your thoughts on on first off how the apostles encountered jesus and share any thoughts you might have there um i think uh, as i was uh thinking about this question and, and getting ready for this talk, I, I just I, I love putting myself out there when Jesus would have been calling the disciples. And it has to start with a call. Uh, it has to start with an invitation. Um, and as I read scriptures and I see Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, uh, he runs into the fishermen, uh, Peter, um, James and John and Andrew, and he calls them to come follow him. I think as, as a men that uh, as we go out and, and do the Lord's work, we have to invite men. Uh, we, and you may not get the response that you want right off the get-go, but you just stay consistent. So I think for me that that is probably the biggest thing. And then once, once you are identified as a Christian, um, you've got a lot by your actions to prove. People are watching you all the time. Uh, so you have to live it and you have to show it. And so for me, that's, that's how I try to uh, be an influence on other men. All right, Christian, some your thoughts? Well, like I said before, men and women are definitely different in the way they think, the way we do everything. And I think the men, like I said, they have to answer the call, and they are watched uh, more, I think, by our children uh, as what we do. And uh, part of that first question about the spirituality is really putting our spirituality into action as men. And I think uh, women 
tend to do it more uh, here lately. They've been doing so much in the church that it's, it's hard to relate to that the men didn't step up uh, when they needed to, but they're starting to now. But uh, we must protect our bride. And, I mean, the, the Bible starts out with a marriage, and Adam just stood there Why Adam or why Eve uh, ate the fruit and deceived God. And uh, in, in doing that, he deceived God. And as we go through life, I think men, uh, that's what Satan wants us to do, to deceive women, uh, look at them differently as, as a, a, an object. And so the Bible starts out with a marriage. And I think as we go through life, uh, we need to remember who our bride is. It's not only our bride if we choose to get married. It's uh, a priest who is married to the father. Uh, and the Bible ends in a marriage also. That's what it's preparing us for, is to uh, come to our bride in, in heaven. And uh, so I think men really need to protect their bride on earth, whether it be the female uh, in a matrimony or the church, which I think is our, our real bride who will lead us to heaven. And we're talking this uh, this morning with Corey Munch and Christian Lutz on how men encounter Jesus. And one of the things, you know, we talk about the, uh, I think you guys both make some great points today too. And, um, you know, we talk about the apostles encountering Jesus. You know, they, they really didn't question anything. They just, you know, they left what they were doing and they, they, they you know, followed Jesus. But the one, I think the important thing to realize too, too many times I think guys think, well, I'm just not very spiritual or I'm not, I really don't know much about scripture or anything like that. The reality is his apostles were just regular guys. That's all they were. They were just regular guys. But they were called by Christ and they followed and they learned from Christ. And so, and they developed that relationship with Christ. I think that's the one thing that sometimes, you know, we, we talk about evangelization. One of the things that's always talked about in evangelization, it has to start with that personal relationship. We have to have that basis, that personal relationship with Christ. And for guys that maybe don't have that, you know, again, understanding that the disciples were just regular guys. Maybe they're just a regular guy, but we've got to start somewhere. We've got to make that decision that I'm going to be that spiritual leader. Maybe I don't know everything I need to know right now, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to grow in it and and really, um, you know, do my part. And just like you, you know, I love what you said, Christian, protecting your bride. I mean, you know, our role to do that and to really just protect protect our families. But the way we do that is, is with Christ in the center. And it, it, obviously it really builds from there. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Corey Munch and Christian Lutz. on One Body Stewarding God's Creation with our host interviewing Corey Munch and Christian Lutz on how men encounter Jesus. And now, here is our Carathon host, Ken Billinger. We're talking this morning with Corey Munch and Christian Lutz, how men encounter Jesus. And... Uh, 
guys, if you'd like to share your thoughts on, on how, how do men today uh, encounter Jesus, share your thoughts there if you would. Well, um, I think uh, the connection to Jesus in, in uh, different ways uh, for men is, from my experience with uh, the, the ministry I've been involved in, which is Marked Men for Christ, is men are, are always so busy. Uh, owning a business myself, I, you can get a lot of distractions. And you can get invited to, um, to be involved in, in a ministry, and you just you put it off, I'm just too busy. We check in with uh, other men on a regular basis. And the story I hear the most, or, or the truth I hear from these men the most, are, I'm just so busy. I'm just so overwhelmed. And that can be easily done, but you need to stop and think, what is important in my life? Mm. And I'm telling you guys, for me, that was so big because I could get overwhelmed with work and it would just bring me down. And in the morning now, when I get up, the first thing I do is I go into the, the readings for the church from the church that day, and, and I start my day out that way. And so getting a perspective for the day, take a day at a time, and that connection that I have with our Lord Jesus in the morning just sets the whole day for me. And I know things aren't going to always go my way, uh, but at least I know that peace, that interior peace that I get from, from my, my prayer and, and my faith uh, keeps me going. Yeah. Christian, your thoughts? How do men today encounter Jesus? Well, I think it, it, it's the same as the, the apostles did. I mean, what were they doing? They were busy working, fishing. And uh, like I said, we have more distractions now. They were just out there on the, the sea fishing, and, and they noticed Christ walking along the shore. And uh, I think that's what we have to do. We have to look past what we're doing be present in the moment and look onto the shore because he's there and sometimes it's a little foggy out there christ is always there we just have to look and, and be present in the the moment so take that busyness and uh calm it down well uh yeah the busyness is probably the biggest thing without a doubt the thing that i think about it and uh you know Corey, you talked about it starting the day you know one of the things is as i'm discerning the the and part of what the deacons and priests do um and are required to do is obviously the divine the divine office or liturgy of the hours so what i've gotten in the habit of doing and because uh, i used to get up in the morning and maybe i'd you know check email or things like that biggest mistake i can make because then you get caught up in all you know the, everything begins to go to oh I've got to take care of this today or that today, so uh, rather than doing that I you know I grab my breviary and 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 start and with prayer immediately and and when I do that and and I'm, I'm not, I haven't perfected that I'll say that I'm I'm not quite there but I'm probably ninety percent of the way there by starting and doing that and focusing and getting into prayer from the beginning uh, doing that first absolute first thing that I do. Um, it really kind of sets the pace for the day. Um, yeah, there's going to be, as, as Corey, as you said, there's going to be things that happen throughout the day. But the reality is, is if I can get there with prayer to start, 
Um, the important thing is it seems like I'm a little more in tune throughout the day. Um, my focus is not, I mean, there's times where there are Christ moments throughout the day and I see those. I think God puts those opportunities in front of us all the time. Sometimes we just, they just go right by us because we are so busy. We are doing those other things. But I think when we start with prayer, um, and really kind of make that how we start our day. It, it, at least for me, it, it helps me to remain a little more focused and then to have those, I recognize the God moments in the day. I rec- recognize that there's maybe a time to say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the beauty of the day. Even if it's short, you know, we talk about we should pray unceasingly. We've heard that or pray often, pray always. And it may not, it doesn't have to be, you know, a long drawn out prayer. Maybe it's just thank you, Lord, for this day or thank you, Lord, for for a beautiful sunrise or thank you, Lord, for this or that. That's a prayer or just a, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, maybe there's a struggle and we say in our father or, or a hail mary or something taking that time just throughout the day to do that it kind of helps to bring us back a little bit even though we're busy we have the opportunity to come back and and, and get focused on where we really need to be and it kind of keeps us i guess it's a little bit of a check at least for me it is to do that but it it becomes so easy to you know and as guys i think the other thing we like to do is just you know there's that that macho thing in a sense that oh, I can take care of this I'm a guy I can do this well rather than saying Lord I need your help here you know we just I I, I could relate so much Ken what you just said um, <clears throat> uh, I, I encounter a lot of friends and and even men that I that I come to know just through the peril that they're in I've always said this every time I read scripture and and Jesus heals somebody it seems like uh, a comment is made is your faith has healed you. Go and sin no more or, or whatever it is. But it's almost like, at least with men that I've seen, that it, it takes something very, very hard and very, very deep for them to call out to Jesus, to move to him. And I have seen that over and over and over. Now, it doesn't always have to be that way, but... It just seems like until you're in need, I've always uh, a quote that I've always loved to to repeat in my mind is from Corey Ten Boom. And she says, you may never know how much you need Jesus until Jesus is all you have. And uh, so a lot of times that just rings so loudly in my mind and heart. For men, Ken, you said it, it's hard for them to ask, to think they need help. Mm -hmm. They want to fix it on their own. Yeah, we tend to do that as guys. Christian, your thoughts on that? Or any more you want to add to that at all? No, we can go on. Okay. <laughs> I, just, just want to, I want to make sure we give you the opportunity. Corey Munch and Christian Lutz, uh, who are here sharing uh, some thoughts on how men encountered Jesus. And now, guys, I guess we'll kind of give you an opportunity to share and give us some examples of how each of you have encountered uh, Jesus in your own lives, if you wouldn't mind sharing that sure. with us. Sure, I'd love to. Uh, when I lived out in Colorado Springs, there were so many opportunities out there in the bigger city, and I can remember the men's conferences being out there. And I thought, yeah, that's not that's for other people. These guys are, you know, more into their faith, and uh, I didn't see it as an avenue at getting into the faith. So once I came here to Hayes, I I went to the first men's conference and been to one ever since. But it was what led me to that to believe that uh, when I was starting to come here to buy the business was the book uh, Rediscovered Catholicism. And in there it talked about the rosary. And uh, 
I had seen my dad pray the rosary in church for the Knights of Columbus and uh, quite a bit of my life, but I'd never, I didn't know the rosary. So I, I picked up my, my rosary that I got when I was confirmed and still intact and everything. And I picked it up and I, from that book uh, by Matthew Kelly, I, I started praying the rosary. Didn't really know it at all and it, that helped out. So then the more I started praying the rosary, I, I started seeing things change in myself and the way I looked at other things. And that's when I found the, the men's conference and no one forced me. It, this whole time, no one came up to me, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, it was it was just a slow process, like Corey said before. It's a, it is a process, but it was definitely through uh, our mother that, as it says, you know, she brought me to Jesus, and uh, that was just a slow process. Now, you know, the the rosary is definitely a, a part of every beginning and, and every ending of my day, and uh, carry one with me all the time, and and not. You know, only that, the, the indulgences that you get from praying the rosary with having it with you. Uh, all Knights of Columbus are, uh, are told that they should carry the rosary with them all the time. And I was a knight when I was 19. Haven't been uh, practicing a lot, but uh, uh, really it was Mary that, that brought me to, to Jesus. So, mm-hmm. And there's a lot in between oh, then yeah. and now. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'll bet. I'll bet. All right, uh, Corey, your thoughts? Yeah, Christian, you mentioned the rosary, and uh, for me, uh, the rosary has been, become paramount in my prayer life. Over some things that happened in my personal life here recently, our Blessed Mother came and healed me, brought me to closer to Jesus, magnified Jesus' words, and so that really, really is uh, something that is near and dear to my heart. As far as the, the encounter uh, in my own life, was like I mentioned earlier was was a journey uh, of several things that had happened, the conviction of being a father, uh, to raising my children, in in the faith, um, and I realized that and and you can beat yourself up. Men will beat themselves up many times by things that we should have done that we didn't do. You mentioned that, Ken. Uh, I can think of a lot of things, but I just want to say this uh, for me, the the. Uh, realization of what my faith is, my Catholic faith is, through this radio station, through my commitment to our Blessed Mother, uh, has just raised my my faith and my relationship with Jesus to as higher as it's ever been. I say that, but I have a long ways to go. Hmm. And uh, I continue to learn. And um, just you know, when I look back at the years of where I was at, how, what the transformation that I have went through, uh, the way I used to think, I don't think that way anymore. I don't look at the things I used to look at the way I did back then. It's just amazing, you know, what the Lord will do if you invite him into your heart. So I really call out all men that are, that are listening, that, you know, are searching the thing that I remember as a young adult is I always knew there was something better out there. I just didn't know where to find it. Yeah. And uh, as I look about now where I'm at, you know, and, and where I, how I've become through Christ, uh, it's amazing to me. And I always say, you say that, Corey. What about, would your wife say that? Would your kids say that? 
and uh, I challenge anybody to ask them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. Some great points that you're making, guys, as far as encountering Jesus. You know, I think there's so many ways. Uh, For me, one has really been through other men who have just, who've been um, really like mentors to me or guys who have just really Man, they've lived. They just really, they really are great examples to me of how to how to live the faith. And one, a, a good friend of mine. You know, one time I can remember going to a friend of mine just really struggling, and and I'm going, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? You know, and that type thing. And you know, I just feel it was pressures of work and things like that, and what I was doing. And you know, he basically told me, he said, you know, first of all, you're not letting God work in your life. You're trying to fix this yourself. And that was it was something I'll never forget. And, you know, he reminded me to step back and and just let God work. We try to we try to fix everything ourselves. You know, there's a, a great poem called Broken Dreams, and I encourage you to just Google that. It's a great poem. In our prison ministry, we share that with the with the inmates all the time, is because we are trying to fix everything ourselves. We never allow God to work in our lives. So that was one thing for me that certainly certainly helped me to to encounter Jesus more fully. And I think there's so many that, like I said, with prison ministry, the things that I see, and sometimes that I I mean. We, you know, we we go in and we minister the, to the inmates, and if they're Catholic, we offer a Eucharist to them. But um, I see it in in some of the some of the guys who, and especially the Hispanic population, when they receive the Eucharist, how they how the reverence that they show, and many times it's like I don't I'm not worthy to receive, so I don't want to receive. They and they have an opportunity to receive regardless because they don't have confession available. They can do that, but they're asked to you know get to confession as soon as they can. But there's you know, one day a guy shared a story with me, and to me it was one of the powerful things. And I love sharing this because it was it was impactful, and it was a it was a God moment for me certainly, or just where you see Jesus at work. This guy was a guy who said, I, you know, he. We always encourage them. We say this is your time, so we don't want to fill up the time with. It's not about us. It's about you guys. We encourage them to share and talk about things. And the one guy said, well, he said I'd like to share something. He said I, I really didn't know Jesus at all, and and I started reading, you know, reading scripture here fairly recently, and I don't know what what the exact timeline was. That doesn't really matter. The point was, he said, and I'm a guy that. If somebody ticked me off, I'd cold cock him. That's the way I was. I just, I mean, that was my reaction. Boom. And so he said, if somebody made me mad, you know, I was in their face. I was ready for a fight. And that's that's the way I, I was. He said, but one day, he said, just recently this happened to me. And he said, a guy was really egging me on. And he knew that I was short-fused and knew that he was going to get me to react. And he said, I got so close. I was really, you know. Getting, getting angry, and, and it was an in-your-face thing. And he said, and I just turned and I walked away. And I said, so how did that make you feel when you did that? He said, I felt empowered. And I thought, wow, that was a, what a word, empowered. And I said, wow. And I said, so now had you reacted the way you normally reacted, how would that make you feel? And he said, I would feel, I felt empty. And I said, it was at that moment, I said, here's a guy who really encountered Christ and helped me encounter it again. Because I said, think about that. You did, you know, you, that emptiness you felt was that, that natural reaction, that instant gratification that we all have at times. And, and it's that, and, you know, Satan, you know, saying, do it, do it, do it. I mean, that, but there's a feeling of emptiness when you're done. And I said, what you did is I said, you, you know, you heard the words of Christ. You've been into scripture. You've been into the word and you walked away from it. You felt fulfilled. And that's 
the promise that we have. With Christ, there's fulfillment. With, with Satan, there's emptiness. And I said, you just experienced that. And it was one of the things I'd make a point to share with others, uh, other inmates, when I get an opportunity to. And they, they're all kind of, you know, they get it. It's a simple way to really kind of relate to something. So that was powerful to me. I, I think there's so many. I mean, uh, I've been through weekend retreats that have had an impact in my life, and, and I just think um, we encountered a lot just seeing the way other people, um, there's people that just inspire me so much. I mean, guys that guys like you that are really living the faith. We're not perfect by any means, but we're certainly certainly trying to do the best we can. This when Don Etta asked me if I wanted to start advertising on uh, Divine Mercy, I said, well, I just don't know if I can come up with, with that money each month. And then I got thinking, what what else do I come up with every month that I, I don't have to even think about? And it was my drinking money. And so for several months, I put that away. And uh, that was it was no problem coming up with that money. So and then I started doing the one body. And, and it just if you can give up something like that, you really don't need because this is something that's going to I love that sign out there. If you die today, where are you going to spend eternity? Yeah. And uh, so you got to start your life today. Absolutely. And both of you guys, we certainly appreciate the underwriting that you do. It's so important uh, to the success of the station. We appreciate all you guys do, certainly. Uh, we're talking with, today with Corey Munch and Christian Lutz about uh, how men encounter Jesus. We still have a few minutes left. And um, guys, how can we encourage more men to find that personal relationship with Jesus, learn to be godly men in the family, in the church, and throughout the community? What you know, some suggestions on how we do that? That can be a, I mean, that's a real challenge in, in my books. It is. And I just, like I said earlier, I, you, you don't need to split hairs about it. Just live his word, uh, live his, uh, what, what, you, what you've learned through uh, his scriptures. Be an example. Um, you mentioned some things uh, about that God moment, uh, Ken, which really is awesome. Uh, when you encounter somebody that is looking for a fight, whether it be a family member or uh, somebody that you know, friends or somebody you don't, and, and you know they're looking for a fight, just turn and walk away or tell them to have a good day. That is so hard to do, uh, as I've found myself in those situations. And yet when you do, you feel fulfilled. And um, pray for them. Uh, that's one thing I always do. If it's somebody that I've encountered that isn't very nice to me, I pray for them. And call. Uh, you know, as you're, as you're out and about, call people to, to know the Lord better. Uh, call them to go to church. Uh, there's just so many things that you can do uh, as you encounter people. Uh, men, especially for us, for me, is, uh, you know, just, just be a good example and, and uh, practice what you preach. Yeah, great point. Christian, your thoughts? I think one of the things that helped me, and I'll say first of all, is turn off the TV. Get rid of it. Just out the door. About a little over three years ago I did that and uh, has just really opened my mind. And then prayer. I think the Internet is something that uh, traps a lot of men, but we have to start using that for good things. There's so many things out there that we can go within the church that are inspiring. Also, uh, prayer. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, the men in prison are confined to a little cell and they have nothing else. And so once you can free your mind 
Moses freed the slaves, and then he brought them into uh, the kingdom. So once we can free our mind of being a slave, and, and that's what TV is, it's a slave. Uh, we are a slave to it, rather. And uh, so there's things like uh, Crisio, that you can go and encounter Christ, the, the uh, marked men for Christ. Uh, you have the men's retreats, the men's uh, conferences, things like that to get started, and, and just go. You know, if you get there and you don't like it, leave, but go. You know, no one's forcing. That's one of the things about the Catholic Church. No one's forcing you. Uh, it, it's Christ calling you. So. And she has some great points. I, you know, and I, I just think uh, sometimes we talk about one of the challenges. In fact, this is what we are working. Uh, this, what we're talking about today, is really something that we're working on, and is just to. Um, and actually, a friend of mine runs the National Fellowship of Catholic Men, and and I got, had a conversation with him just the other day, and w- we were talking about this very thing, that challenge for men, because there's a lot of, you know, the things that I guess I'm concerned about or that I see are the dads that maybe maybe they go to Mass, maybe they don't, but they're at Mass because they have to be at Mass, and the, maybe the kids are more, the kids are, sometimes you see kids catechizing the parents, uh, dropping the kids off of religion, and the, but they're never really involved themselves. So we're trying to tr- figure out a way to reach out to those men and just slowly and easily invite them in in a non-threatening way. Because sometimes if you, you know, those are guys you you can make an announcement at the AMBO and they're not going to do, that's not going to change them in any way. There's, but is that, it's got to be that invitation. It may be from another guy just inviting them to be, be part. And the whole idea be behind this um this whole program that they're working on is to meet men where they are because um you know if you get guys you may have somebody who's just you know they don't they may go to mass you know once or twice a year or whatever that is and i think that becomes a challenge but um you know i i uh, I just uh, I think sometimes just that personal invitation. Corey, you talked about living, living it, and I. When you said that, I thought of a friend of mine who, uh, from our parish, is a guy who really is a great example who lives his faith, and he, by doing that, has brought. He has a neighbor who was not going to mass, but he saw what Mike was doing over and over, and he said. You know, it's kind of like, I want what that guy has. What's he doing? And he was living his faith, but it was, um, he didn't have to really push. He just, he was showing it uh, to other people. So I think that's certainly one good example. And just inviting. Um, you know, we is, um, we're always out there trying to invite others, even if it's in a little way. Maybe it's uh, to go to have cu- a cup of coffee or a beer, and it doesn't have to be anything pushed on them. But, you know, I thought about that, too, as, as how my life has changed. And I think about how the days of going out with beers with the guys, it was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to set you on the shelf. Now we're going to go have beers. And you, you talk about whatever you want to. Take them with you. Yeah, now, yeah, now it's like that's part of our – that's what's so cool is like – that's really where our conversation is. It's more around church and, and around activities and, and, you know, fellowship, that type thing. And, and that's what it's becoming. It's like, this is what it's all about. And there's a real joy in that, too. So, um, you know, I think just that invitation uh, is something that we certainly want to try to do. Man, we're at 10 o'clock already, guys. <laughs> we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming in and sharing. Thank Any final thoughts? Do we get yeah, everything covered? You. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Our guests this morning, Corey Munch and Christian Lutz, thank you guys so much. Underwriters here, great supporters of the radio station. We appreciate uh, you taking some time to share this morning. 
Thank you, Corey and Christian, for sharing your inspiring faith journeys. If you would like to comment on today's show, go to dbmercy.com and click on the One Body icon. In the meantime, if you can help Divine Mercy Radio pay the monthly bills and stay on the air, your donation will be much appreciated. Just go to dvv as in Victor, mercy.com and click on donate. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg Salina 88.1 KBDM Hayes 88.1 KRTT Great Bend and real soon 105.7 KMDG Hayes If today you hear his voice harden not your hearts